Alright. So today, we're looking at keeping his commandments. Everybody say keeping his commandments. Hey, can we talk this morning? Somebody say keeping his commandments. <laughs> Alright. Now let's go to First John chapter 2 from verse 3 to 4. First John 3 to 4. Can we read on the screen? One to go. Can we read now? I'm ready to read now. Let's go. One to go. Uh huh. Next verse. Uh huh. He's a liar. Uh huh. And the truth is not in him. Now go back to verse 3 again. Look at it very carefully. He says, Now by this we know that, now by this we know that we know him. Now by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Now this is New Testament. Next verse, verse 4. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandment is a liar and the truth is not in him. Now listen very carefully. Some people say that verse 3 is talking about those who will keep the Ten Commandments to be saved. The Ten Commandments, keeping the Ten Commandments can never get you saved. In fact, the apostles have made us know very, very carefully that the doctrine of salvation is made clear apart from Ten Commandments. Let me show you Romans 3.20. Look at what Paul said. Romans 3.20. He says, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, by the deeds, by the practice of keeping the Ten Commandments, no flesh will be justified in his sight. Why? For by the law is the knowledge of sin. So what's the purpose of the law? Ten Commandments is so that you will know more sin. Are you seeing that? So, Keeping the Ten Commandments cannot save you. So what commandment is he talking about? We're going to get there. Look at Galatians 2.16. Let me solidify this again. He says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, and not by the works of the law, for by the works of the law, what happens to any flesh? No flesh will be justified before God. So Jesus fulfilled the law on our behalf. Lift your hand and sit together with me. Say, Jesus fulfilled the law on my behalf. Now Paul also taught that those who live by the law, that, and they added the law to their faith, that they are accursed. He said that several times in the book of Galatians. And they are accursed if they add anything to their faith. Listen, the law is a heavy burden. The Ten Commandments is a heavy burden. And we need to keep it. We need to keep free from the law. We need to avoid it. So we'll make sure we don't put it on others as well. Look at Acts 15.10. Look at what the Bible says here. Acts 15.10. It says, Now therefore, why do you taste God by putting a yoke on the neck of the disciples? Which neither our fathers, now we are able to bear. So he's saying, don't put a yoke. That Christ didn't put. Look at verse 24. He says, Since we have heard that some of you went out from us, have troubled with, as some, of, some of us have troubled you with words, unsettling your soul, saying, You must be circumcised and keep the commandment. To whom we gave no such commandment. So Paul is saying, Don't try to keep the Ten Commandments and don't force it on others as well. Because he said, We never give anybody such a commandment. Are you seeing that? Are you seeing that? Galatians 5.1. Look at it again in the Bible. Galatians 5.1. It says, stand, therefore, stand fast therefore in the liberty by which Christ has made us free. Say, I'm free in Christ Jesus. 
He says, and do not, I says, and do not be entangled again with a what? With a yoke of bondage. What is the yoke of bondage? The law. The law is the yoke of bondage. So he says, don't entangle yourself again with the yoke of bondage. So what then is John talking about when John says we should keep his commandments? There is a commandment that Jesus gave to us, but we're going to see it today. So let's compare Christ's yoke. Everybody say Christ's yoke is easy. Look at Matthew 11, verse 28 to 30. Matthew 11. He says, read on the screen, want to go. Come to me, uh-huh. All of you who labor and are heavily laden. What happened to you? Who are those who are laboring? Those who are living by the law. Because when you are living by the law, you are going to labor. You are going to have heavy ladings. When you are living by self-effort. When you are trying to please God with your effort. When you are trying to get God's attention. He says you are laboring. He says you are having heavy ladies. But Jesus said, I will give you rest. Next verse. 29. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. For I am gentle and lowly in heart. And you will find rest for your souls. Look at that. He says, for my yoke is what? It's easy. And my burden is what? But you got for the law. The yoke is what? Is heavy, and the what is heavy, but what Jesus says, My yoke is, is light, my yoke is light, and my burden is light, my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. So, what commandment is John referring to in First John 3? Let's go to First John 3, verse 22. Let's look at the commandment he's talking about. First John 3 22. He says, And whatever we and whatever we ask, we receive from him because. We keep his commandments and do those things which are pleasing in his sight. And this, hey, hey, are you ready for the commandment now? And this is the commandment. Read one to go. Believe on the name of his son Jesus. And what? Uh huh. That's the commandment. Number one commandment believe on the name of the Lord Jesus. Number two, love one another those are the two commandments that's all for the new testament no other commandment than these two isn't that easy just say my 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 yoke is easy my burden is light no need for 630 anymore just two now we're going to see the two in details now are you ready for that now so there are two commandments number one commandment that we should believe on the name of of his son jesus christ now look at first peter 4 17 now listen very carefully. The gospel is not an invitation. The gospel is a commandment to stop trusting in your self-efforts, in your own efforts, and believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. It says, for the time has come for judgment to begin at the house of God. And if it begins with us first, it says, what will it be at the end of those who do not obey the gospel of God? Look at 2 Thessalonians 1, 7 to 8. It says, and to give you who are troubled, rest with us when the Lord Jesus is revealed from heaven with his mighty angels. It says, in flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God. Look at it again. And on those who do not what? Who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does it mean to obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ? To believe on his name. Are you seeing that? To believe on his name. So the Holy Spirit convicts men of sin. Sin is not breaking the Ten Commandments. Ah. You didn't hear what I just said? 
Sin is not breaking the Ten Commandments. Sin is not believing in Jesus Christ. The reason why people go to hell is not because they broke the Ten Commandments. It's because they don't obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. That's what Paul said. That's the teachings of Paul. That's the teachings of John. The same gospel. The same gospel. So the reason why people go to hell today is not because they sinned. So there's no sin that is taking anybody to hell. Why? That's the reason why Jesus came. He came to die for sin. And guess what? He didn't die for the sin of the Christians. He died for the sins of the whole world. Can you shout amen? amen. That's the potency of his blood. So there's no sin that can take anybody to hell. Because Jesus was not just a sinner. The Bible says he was made sin. That means the very essence of sin was who Jesus was. There's no sin that is greater than sin because Jesus was sin himself. So when God was punishing sin, he did not punish a sinner. He punished sin. Are you going to tell you? So it is not sin that makes people go to hell. No, it is not obeying the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Believing in what he has done. Are you seeing what I'm saying? This is the first commandment. So how did Jesus and the apostles answer the question? You know, when they ask people, what shall we do to be saved? What will you tell them? Keep the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Look at John 6, 29. I'm going to show you many scriptures today. It says, And Jesus answered and said to them, This is the work of God. What's the work of God? Read, one to go. Come on, read with power now. Let's read, one to go. What's the work of God? That you what? Uh-huh. If you know this, if you know this very carefully, I am not telling you private revelation that Jesus told me in my room when you are not there. What am I doing in church today? I'm opening Bible, scriptures for you. You read it yourself. This is, Jesus said it himself. This is the work of God. That you believe in him whom he sent. Look at Acts 2, 20, 23. What shall we do to be saved? Acts 2, 23. Acts 2, 23. And Peter answered to them, Repent! And let every one of you be baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. For the, I like this one, for the remissions of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. So powerful. You know what remission of sin is? Remissions of sin is different from, or let me say it this way. You know, you know when you say um, forgiveness of sins, many people don't catch it. That's why sometimes I, I like to use the word remissions. Remissions means how many of you have used Jig before? You know Jig? You know when you push the, you know those adverts? They will show you one dirty clothes that they say, God, this clothes can't recover. You now put Jig. Before you know it, they still don't enter the water and to come out. You just see things sparkling white. And then when we try it in the house, it's not like that. But anyway, that's the advert. So, forgiveness of sin is your white garment has been stained with all manners of death. Red stain, purple stain, ink stain, uh, which one again? Oil stain, you ate yam. Everything poured. Stew. Everything. Then, Jesus is the jik, his blood. Then you were dipped inside. When you came out, remissions of sins. So when Satan looks at your, at your garment, it's all white. You say, but God, he sinned last week. God said, look at his garment now, all white. Because Jesus has taken all his sin and gave to him his jik, his righteousness. Glory to God. Are you catching what I'm telling you? So remissions of sins means removal of sins. Jesus removed our sins. So there's no sin between you and God. Are you catching it this morning? And guess what? He said, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Guess what? God cannot stay in any place that is not holy. 
Remember, every time God appeared to his people, he says, take off your shoes for where you stand is holy ground. I always asked, when, when God appeared to Moses on the burning bush, what did the ground do to become holy? When a man appeared before Joshua and he said, who are you? Are you for us or against us? He said, I am the captain of the host of the Lord. Take off your shoes for where you stand is holy ground. Question, what did the ground do to become holy? Nothing. So what made the ground holy? The presence of God, the Holy Spirit. Once the Holy Spirit comes into any place, any material, that thing is automatically holy because of him. Glory to God. I say shout amen this morning. Amen. This is the gospel. This is the gospel. Look at, look at um, Acts 16, verse 30 to 31. I'm showing you how shall we be saved. And he brought them out and said, Sir, what must I do to be saved? Go and sell everything you have and follow me. Go and give all to all the poor and follow me. What must I do to be saved? <laughs> Look at the next verse. Look at it. Read one to go. Uh huh. Believe on the Lord Jesus. And what happened? You shall be saved, you and your household. Look at that. Romans 16 25 to 26. He says, now to him who is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept secret since the world began. But now made manifest and by the prophetic scriptures made known to all nations according to the commandment of the everlasting God for obedience to the faiths. Look at that. So, look, if, you, if you notice all this credit for you now, every time they ask, what shall we do to be saved? They never told them, obey the Ten Commandments. No. It was, always, it was always a call to the obedience of the gospel. Acts 6-7. Look at what the Bible says here. Acts 6-7. It says, then the word of the Lord spread, and the number of the disciples multiplied greatly in Jerusalem. And a great many of the priests were what? Obedient to the Ten Commandments. What were they obedient to? To the faith, to the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the new covenant does not replace one set of rules with another. Mm -mm. It calls us to obedience to the faith. And what is obedience to the faith? Romans 1.5. Romans 1.5. Therefore, through him, we have received grace and apostleship for obedience to the faith among all the nations for his name. So obedience to the faith is believing in the name of the Lord Jesus. That means you believe God for your healing. You believe him for your health. You believe him for your prosperity. You trust him 100% with everything in your life. That's what it means to obey the gospel. That is the first commandment that John tells us to do. Look at it again. Let's go back again to um, 1 John chapter 3 verse 22. Let's read to 24. 1 John 3 Verse 22. Let's go back and see that commandment again. First John 3. He says, And whatever we ask, we receive from him. Because why? Why? Come on. Why do we receive whatever we ask of Jesus Christ? Because what? We keep his commandment and do those things that are pleasing in his sight. What do we do that is pleasing to him? Next verse. Read one to go. That we should what? In the name of his son Jesus Christ. Uh-huh. And love one another as you have what? Giving us commandment. Next verse, 24. Read one to go. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. We know. Uh-huh. Spirit who dwells. Look at that. Now, number two commandment is what? Love one another. First John 2, 3 to 5. 
First John 2, 3 to 5. Number 2, write it down. That we should love one another. He says, and by this we know that we know him if we keep his commandments. Next. Verse 4. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. Next. Verse 5. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. By this we know that we are in him. Look at that. So John is not saying you get saved by keeping the commandment to love one another. That's not what he's saying. He's saying it the other way around. That when we obey the gospel, when we are born again, and we have become partakers of his divine nature, God is love. Everybody say God is love. Notice, I didn't say God can love. I didn't say God has love. God is the very description of love. Are you seeing that? So when you look at God, what you first see is his love. That is his nature. His nature of love. It is not Jesus that sent himself to die for us. It is the Father that gave his son for us. To let us know that the Father loves you. So the Father loves me. The Father loves me so much. And that's why you must trust in the Father's love. So what John is saying that when you come to believe the gospel, it will result in you loving our brothers and sisters in Christ. Because faith works through love. The reason why many Christians don't love one another, it is because they don't know the love of the Father. That is why. If you know how much your sins have been forgiven, if you know the payment of your sins, how much has been forgiven, how much is any offense that anybody can do against you that you can't forgive them? How much is it? How much does it cost? How much does it cost? You know, it's like that guy Jesus talked about. You know, the guy was owing his boss $5,000. And when he came to the master, the master forgave him. Then he now went to go and meet his subordinate. Remember that? And then the guy was owing him a lesser amount, 5,000 naira. He went to arrest the guy, lock him up, and put him in jail. You know what? When the master heard about it, he said, hey, so you, I forgive you of your own sin that was bigger than that guy's own. Because of what you have done, he said, go and arrest him too. Lock him up and let him pay for all his sin. But God is not going to do that. But the question is, you've got to know the quality of your forgiveness. You've got to know the extent of your forgiveness. Can you shout amen? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5-7. to seven. The Christian life begins with faith and it is brought to completion by love. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 to 7. Look at that. It says, but also for this very reason, giving all diligence, add, look at it, add to your faith, what? Virtue. And to virtue, knowledge. This is this, this and that discourse. To knowledge, self-control. To self-control, perseverance. To perseverance, godliness. Verse 7. To godliness, what? Brotherly kindness. And to brotherly love so the christian life starts with faith and ends with love are you seeing that it starts with faith and ends with love so religion will always try to walk something from outside in that is not the way of god the way of god is starts from inside and it works it out glory to god so that's why under the old covenant you are given a set of rules under the new god writes his laws inside of you so it's called the fruit of the Holy Ghost. And also the fruit of the Spirit is. What is that fruit? Love. And then love produces joy, peace, faithfulness. I think that gentleness. And the rest of them. Because the fruit of the Spirit is love. 
So the old covenant. So look, look, look at them. First John two seven. Look at what John said in First John two seven. Sorry. Yeah, I think First John, Second John, First John two seven. Actually, it says, "Brethren, look at it." It says, "I write no new commandment to you, but an old commandment which you have had from the beginning." The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. What is that old commandment? The old commandment is not the Ten Commandments. And if you notice, he used singular word. The, I write no new word, commandment, not with S. You see that there? Let's you know there's only one commandment he's talking about. It is the commandment that Jesus gave. So it's not new because Jesus gave it about 60 years ago when John was writing this scripture. Because John still lived to almost about 80 years of his life before he died. So what is he talking about? He's talking about the new commandment. He said it's not really new because Jesus gave it to us before he left. But he's telling you that there is only one commandment that is very important to Jesus. Look at it in 1 John 4.19. 1 John 4.19. He says, read, want to go. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. So you see, when you are trying to love God without knowing his love, you will fail. You are going to fail big time. You first have to know his love. When you know his love, then you can give him back love. Because you cannot give what you don't have. So say, I receive his love. Say it again. Say, I receive God's love for me. So every day, your job is to see the love of God for you. You continually see his love. See his love. See his love. See his love. And the more you know his love, the more you will see others with the same eyes that God sees them. Where God doesn't see them based on their wrongs. God sees them based on who they are. God sees them their end from the beginning. He sees their future before they start today. That's how God sees. That's why we can see those who are so terrible. And we can still believe in their future. Hallelujah. Why? Because God also believed in us. When we're dead in our trespasses and in our sins, he made us alive together with Christ. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So to the degree we understand the love of God, is to the degree we will also transmit his love. Look at 1 John 3 from verse 10. 1 John 3 verse 10. He says, in this, the children of God and the children of the devil are manifest. Whoever does not practice righteousness is not of God. Nor is he who does not love his brother. Verse 14. We know. Look at that. We know that we have passed from death to life. Why? Because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Do you see what the Bible is saying? The Bible is saying if you don't love your brother or your sister in Christ, where are you living? Where are you living? He says you are living like a dead man. He said, the only way we know that you have passed from death to life is when you love the brethren. Why? Because the children of darkness don't love the brethren. So Satan's attack is to attack you from not loving your brother and sister in Christ. You will start attacking them with gossip. With gossip. Talking evil against them. Castigating them. Speaking. Listen, even if your brother have done evil, it is not your job to speak against them. Are you what I'm telling you? And do you, know, do you know the worst part? When your brother is messing up, instead of you to go and approach him and say, brother, we want to help you to come out, then you go and start gossiping all this evil to others. How have you helped that brother to become better? Eh? Glory to God. I said, glory to God. If we truly love our, ourselves in Christ, we will want to help, we want to lift others up. We want to see others come out of the miracle and set them on the mountaintop. Can you shout Amen. Look at John 13, verse 35. 
John 13, 35. It says, by this, all we know that you are my disciples. How would they know you are your disciples? Why? How would they know? Read one to go. If we have what? Love for one another. Matthew 5, 43 to 44. Matthew 5. It says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and what? Hate your enemy. This is Old Testament. Old Testament. In the Old Testament, Moses told them, love your neighbor, hate your enemy. What did Jesus say? But I said to you, read one to go. Uh huh. Continue. Uh huh. Uh huh. Uh huh. Do you know what this means? See, when you don't know the love of Christ, this is very hard. How can somebody be cursing you? You look at him and say, You are blessed. How can somebody hate you? And then you see the person and say, I love you. You know, when, see, I said to the degree you understand the love of God, it's the degree you can manifest it. Jesus was on the cross. All these guys hated him for no reason. What was his response? He said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they are doing. <laughs> ah, thank God I'm not Jesus. So. I said, Father, let the earth open now. In fact, the fire that Elijah caught for heaven is a, is a joke. That one is called smoke. Let them have a taste of lake of fire. Not here. Lake of fire. Before I open my eyes, let them turn to dust. <laughs> so that they will know that I'm Jesus. You know one time, Jesus was about to go to, 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 to a city. And the Samaria guys, they were not receiving Jesus. They did not welcome him as a man of God. Exactly said, ah, ah, do you know Jesus? He said, he said, Jesus, let us call down fire. Fire like Elijah called down fire. Let, let them know who you are. Let them know who you are. How can they be joking with Jesus? The Bible said that Jesus turned and rebuked them. He says, you don't know what manner of spirit you are of. The son of man did not come to kill, but to save that which was lost. Look at the heart of the father. That's how God is. God can look at a thief and tell him, don't worry. Don't worry. Don't worry. You have become a thief. You become a bank manager. You will start lending money to others. That's how, see, when, when, how, did, how did God meet somebody like Saul that was killing Christians? And Jesus did not say, don't worry, you will pay first for everything you have done. Jesus said to him, today, after today, you are starting ministry. Today. Today, ministry starts. And that was the ministry of, of Saul. That he changed into Paul later. And look at, I mean, those of you in Bible school, you saw how Paul was dogged. Even when Paul died, the next day he continued preaching. What? What? Because he understood the Father's love. You know, Paul came to the point in that where he said, I have never cheated any man. I have not defrauded any man. I have not killed anybody. Then I looked at Paul's history. I looked at it. You killed. You defrauded. You did all these things. Paul said, I didn't do it. Why? Because he knew that he's a new creature in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. Because all things have become new. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. See, can we see our brothers and sisters with the eyes of God? Can we love them that way? In spite of their mistakes, can we still love them? That's the love of the Father. He says, pray for those who curse you. You know, one of the things that amazed God about Solomon, you know, do you know why, do you know why, God, do you know why God blessed Solomon with so much wealth and so much resources? You know why? Because 
when God appeared to Solomon in the dream, God asked him, he says, what do you want? God was surprised by Solomon's request. Solomon didn't say, Father, kill all my enemies. Let them die. He didn't ask for that. He didn't say, Father, give me money. He didn't ask for that. He asked for wisdom and a discerning heart. And God said, you know what God said? I wish I had time. I'll show you in First Kings. I don't have to you can read your Bible. God said, I am amazed. You didn't ask for money. You didn't ask for riches. You didn't ask for the life of your enemies. God said, because of this, all this you didn't ask is yours. Do you realize that Solomon never fought any battle throughout his life? No battle. Never fought any battle all his life. He had, the Bible said that he made silver like sand. You know, silver is very expensive. Like sand. Like sand on the streets. Silver. Everybody had silver. That's how. So gold was. In, in fact, the servants in Solomon's house. Gold apparel. Everything is gold. The spoon gold. The everything. Cup gold. Not gold plated. Gold. Gold. Made of gold. Pure gold. Hallelujah. That's the, that's the level of prosperity he was living in. Hallelujah. You know, Jesus said something very powerful. So if you notice, all of Jesus' enemies, he prayed for them. He blessed them. He blessed them. Do you know something? Psalm 23, verse, verse 4. Let me show you Psalm 23, verse 4. It, this will help you. Bible says, Though I walk to the valley of the shadow of death, what? I will fear no evil, for you are with me. He says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You know what he's talking about? What is the rod for? The rod is not for beating the sheep. The rod is for protecting the sheep against the wolves. So when the wolves want to come against the sheep, the shepherd will use the rod to strike all the guys that want to come against the sheep. What is the staff for? The staff is a curved um, substance like this. So if, if a sheep falls into the gutter, then the, the shepherd will use the staff to pick up the sheep from, from the deep. Isn't God so wonderful? That means you are being protected from evil and you are being protected from evil that you cause by yourself. Then look at the next verse. Verse 5. Verse 5. Read one to go. Uh-huh. In the way. In the way. Tell your neighbor, don't pray for your enemy to die. The blessing is let your enemy see you prosper. And they can't do nothing about it. Bible says that God will prepare a table. <laughs> These guys. Before you. In the presence of your enemies. Your enemies will see you prospering. They will try and try it to fail. Try and try it to fail. And guess what? Let me surprise you. When your enemy converts and starts supporting you, they become your greatest allies. They become your greatest allies. That should be the testimony. That's the greatest testimony that the Lord wants. Hallelujah. I said, hallelujah. So, look at Galatians 6 verse 2. So, Jesus summarized the law with this word. Paul calls it the law of Christ. He says, bear another, bear one another's what? Burdens. And so what? You fulfill the law of Christ. So grace believers are not lawless people. No, we have a higher law that is greater than the Ten Commandments. It's a higher law. Hallelujah. 1 John 3, 11. Look at it again. 1 John 3, 11. Read one to go. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning. What's the, what's, what's the message? That we should love one another. Tell your neighbor, love me. Tell your neighbor, love me. And tell your neighbor, I will love you too. <laughs> Galatians 5.14. Look at it again. Galatians 5.14. It 
He says, for all the law is fulfilled in how many words? How many words? One word. Even in this. What is it? Read one to go. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. Look at James 2 verse 8. James 2 verse 8. Read one to go. If you really fulfill the royal law according to the scripture, what is it? You shall love your neighbor ask yourself what have you done you've done very well so it's not that there are no other messages in god's word Mm -mm. is that this is the central of the message of god when you do this one you can't be in error when you love the lord and you love others you can never be in error with god you can't look at first corinthians 13. let's look at it in practical now it says though corey you're going to sing that song very shortly get ready it says though i speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love. What have I become? Uh-huh. You people don't understand. Um, where's um where's this young this drummer? Where are you? Come, come, come. Bring Simba for me. Fast, fast. Let me show you what he's talking about. Raga da da da. Say, though I speak with tongues of, of angels, eh? I can't, can't scatter this place with fire now. <laughs> Just bring the symbol like that before you scatter the drum. Give me a drumstick. Uh-huh. Just give me this stick. Face, face there. So now, the Bible says, though I speak with tongues of men and of angels, eh? but love is not inside. What am I? That's all. That's this all you are. He says you have become sounding brass and clanging cymbal. They want to jump together. Pass, pass. They jump. You are making noise. No impact. God, the only thing that people's life is love. Next verse, twenty-two. I said twenty-two. No, verse two. Sorry. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all feet. So that I can remove, that means this guy's feet is working. I can remove mountains, but I have not love. You say what? Yeah, nothing. Waste of time. Next verse. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor. Uh-uh. Hey, let's analyze this thing. If you had your neighbor give all his goods to the poor, what will you say about him? You say he has love, Abby. But the Bible says he can even give his body to be burned, but no love. He says he can do all this thing with no love. He say what? It's still a waste. <laughs> so you need to understand what then is love. Because if all the giving that I give is not still love, then what is love then? The person even gave his body, say, burn me, burn me. I want to die for them. The Bible says, it's not love. Now give me NIV. It says, love so fast along. I like this word. Love so fast along. You know what it means? It's not, it's not saying that love will be in poverty for a long time. That's not what he's talking about. <laughs> now I say, give me NIV. Because somebody will think that love is, if I'm suffering, that means because I'm, I love, I'm in love, that's why I'm suffering. That's not what he's talking about. <laughs> Read, want to go? Love is patient. Lo- hold on, don't be, don't, I tell you, don't read the Bible like newspaper. Calm down. Love is what? Patient. What is patience? Patience is, I am faster than you, but I'll, I've, I've chosen to slow down so that I move at your pace. That's patience. If you don't have patience, 
You know, one of the, one of the fastest practical ways of demonstrating the love of God is inside marriage. If you don't have patience, be ready to expire in the marriage. Because not only with your wife, not only with your wife test your patience, when you now have children, your children too will test your patience limits. Those of you that are married, I have you know what I'm talking about. You know, if you're not married yet, what I'm saying I may be gibberish, but you remember this day I'm telling you now. <laughs> so they will test your if you are married, even if you are married, even if it's six months, your patience has been tested. If not tested yet, you don't know your essence of patience. That's why you see statistics have shown that men become better husbands after they are married five years in marriage. They become better husbands because they've, they've learned by practice. Now they understand the dynamics. <laughs> but when you don't interfere, you're ever you calm down. If I says love is kind, 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 kindness. Love does not envy. You saw the people that you're envying somebody, what somebody has. Somebody has a brand new car. Hey, when when this guy starts, me and him, we came together together now. We do service. So what are you gonna do now? What are you gonna do now? Envy, envy, envy. Why are you envious? Why are you envious? Listen, it should tell you. See, if you have the love of God in you, it should tell you that if your neighbor has a brand new car, then you know that God is around your corner. Right. You are you you will be the next. Right. Glory to God. So what do you do? You celebrate when you see a man prospering. Celebrate it. Why? If you don't celebrate it, you will never have it. It's a spiritual law. You will never have it. What you don't celebrate, you will never have it. You know. Let me tell you something. Eh? You know, the SK and the SK. I don't know if you understand. You maybe don't understand. The SK and the SK. If I'm driving on the road and I see some car that passed my car, when the car is about to pass, I stop. Like the car. I honor the car. I say, pass. That's how serious I am. You know why? So that we're driving those kind of cars tomorrow. So when you start seeing me driving those cars, don't say that pastor has eating church money. Eh? Just know that I have honored the car. My car has honored the car. So that tomorrow now the car say, since you have honored me, take come and drive me now. That's why I used to get angry at all these KK guys that be fighting road together with me. I say, honor my own car too now. So that you stop inside, this, you stop this three day and move, graduate to my own. Tell somebody, catch wisdom. Have sense. Glory to God. Glory to God. Yeah. So you are you're on legged this base now. You see KK, allow the KK to pass. Don't say you, don't say, I, I, you, you will not have your own. No. Calm down. Do you know how much KK is now? Over, over 1.30 million naira. Is it you to buy? <laughs> Hallelujah. Have honor. Celebrate others. You see somebody with a very nice shoe. Say, Kai, brother, this is your shoe. Eh? Kai, I love it. It's very sweet. Very nice. But don't start saying, brother, bless me with the shoe. That's a bad attitude. Bad attitude. Don't do that. If you are, if you are, <laughs> if you want to help your, if you want to help your heart, you are laughing now because one of you have done it before. You know yourself. Okay, thank you. Go and sit down. Thank you. If, if you want to help your heart, hmm, let me tell you a secret. Apart from saying it with your mouth, you can also give a gift. I say, Kai, I love this, your shoe, sir. Take this 5K. It's a seed. It's a seed I'm sowing to your life. It will help your heart not to envy others. You know, I'm talking calm now. So you catch this, I'm telling you. I'm telling you the secret. These are things that I practiced years ago. So, if you see somebody having something, that, you see something you like, don't start, don't be covetous. Don't covet what they have. Sow into what they have. It, it will, that your seed will grow. It will grow. For instance, if you see a marriage you admire, and you want your marriage to be like their own, right? After you, 
you'll get energy for them. Also sow seed. Give them gifts. You are sowing seeds into that marriage. So your seed will grow. And the same fruit that you sowed, you see it manifest in your marriage. Are you seeing that? You see children. You want to have children. Bless children. Don't be angry with children. Love them. Welcome them. Buy things for them. Sow seed into the life of children. Are you seeing that? You know, the, the time I about to get married, I said we will not have prayer points for children. No. You know what we did? I looked for the, one of my pastor's children then. We went to their birthday. We bought their bra. I brought one clothes. 15,000. One dress for I was not married though. I bought 15k. I bought birthday dress. The guy too, I bought him dress too. Gave them a birthday gift. Some other family I went to, I bought them drinks. Ah, the point of one drink. To them, I was they happy. I was doing it for myself. <laughs> they don't understand me. I know I'm doing it for myself. So because I because you know, I don't want to see there's some prayer points I don't ever pray in my life. Like I was telling Bible because I said, me, I don't want to ever have financial problems. That's why I don't play with my givings. I don't. I said, I was telling them, I said, even if I'm not in church, for instance, I was not in church, was it last month, right? But my offering was in, in service. I was not in church, but my offering is in that service. That means any blessing that was released through the man of God, whoever that was ministering, I also partook of it. And those of you that are here, that I know everyone give you, you're having a worst case. Me, I was far away, but I still got the blessings. <laughs> Glory to God. So, I, I have this spiritual understanding. You see that? So, Bible says, ah, you are too fast. Go down, up. Verse 4. Verse 4. It's as if I'm telling you verse 4. You're going further. He <laughs> said, love does not, or you don't like this one I'm preaching. Huh? Love does not what? Boast. Listen very carefully. Now, you know, if, if I tell somebody, man, God is blessing me and expanding me so you are boasting. No. The Bible says we should boast in the Lord. But when you are boasting in your ability, that way there's problem. Are you seeing that? So don't boast in your power. Don't boast in your smartness. Boast in the Lord. That's the way to boast. Say, Father, thank you because you have brought all this prosperity into my hands. Can you say amen? So love is not what? It's not proudful. You know what pride is? There's pride both in the, in the upward and downward way. Let me explain. I've told this several times. Pride is not... Ah, this guy is very pompous. That's not pride. Pride is inside the heart. Are you telling you? Somebody can be seeing... A, a, well done, sir. Well done, sir. He's even lie down for you on the floor, carry your bag. But in his heart, wicked man, wicked man. God will punish this man. That's a very proudful guy. He will never rise. He will not rise. Are you following what I'm telling you? And let me tell you what pride also is. You see, when you are always thinking of yourself, self-centeredness, that is pride. Always about you. You want to sing. Say, say brothers and sisters, you know I don't have a good voice, but let's see how God will help us. It's about you. That's pride. That's all pride. Are you telling you? Learn to acknowledge God. Learn to acknowledge the ability of God. That's, where, that's, that's how you stay humble in your life. That means you can have even a billion US dollars, but still a very humble man. Because you know that all this prosperity is not from your hand, it's from him. Glory to God. I said glory to God. Verse 5. Next verse. Look at this again. Love what? It does not what? Dishonor others. What is honor? What is honor? Honor is a gift. Have you noticed that when some guys want to start dating a girl, eh, if they're driving a car, what, what do they do? They will go and open the other seat eh, for her to enter, right? And they go to the restaurant, what do they do? They pull the chair for her to sit first. Does it mean that now she's superior to him? No. It just means that she's giving, giving her more priority. That is what is called honor. For instance, if the governor told you that I'm coming to your house tomorrow, what are you going to do? You will bring out the best plates 
the best spoon, the best cup to your capacity, and cook the best meal you can cook. That is what honor is. Are you seeing that? So that what honor is. The Bible says, don't dishonor others. Love is not what self-seeking. Don't seek what is your own. Love is not what easily angered. Ah, this is the last one. All of you that are married, hear that one now. Read one to go. Remember that you did, you did remember that you did yesterday? That's what you did two days ago. Last week. Keeps no record of wrongs. So as the wrong is coming, see, if you want to enjoy your life, keep no record of wrongs. If not, you'll be depressed. Praise God. Keep no record of wrongs. Next verse. Verse 6. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices in the truth. Next verse. Verse 7. Verse 7. Quickly move. Read. Want to go, everybody? Always protects. Uh-huh. Always trust, uh huh. Always hopes, uh huh. Always perseveres, uh huh. Next, verse 8. We'll stop here. Read one to go. Love never fails. Everybody shout it on the top of your voice. One to go. Love never fails. So let everything be tested by love. You say, but where there is prophecy, where they shall cease, where there is tongue, they will be, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it shall pass away. Look at that. Verse 9. For we know in part and prophesy in part. Uh-huh. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. He says, when I was a child, I talked like a child. Look at that. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. But when I became a man, I put away childhood behind me. Next verse. For now, we see only a reflection as in the mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know him fully. Even as I am known fully. Look at the next verse. Verse 13. And now these three remain. What remains? Read one to go. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I was the greatest. Uh, this is what? So what is the cycle of love? We're going to stop here. What is the cycle of love? Number one. Love is, God is love. First John 4 verse 7 and 8. Look at it again. First John 4, 7 and 8. It says, Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Uh-huh, verse 8. It says, who does not love God does not know God, for God is love. Everybody say, God is love. And then the, the next cycle of God's love was manifested. Go down to verse 9, the next verse. 9 to 10. In this, the love of God was manifested towards us, that God has sent his only begotten son into the world that we might live through him. Next verse, verse 10. In this is love. Not that we love God. Look at that. What is love? Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son to be the propitiation, the punishment for our sins. So the next cycle of love, God's love is perfected in us. Verse 11. Next verse. Next verse. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another. Next. No one has seen God at any time. But if we love one another, God abides in us and his love has been what? Perfected in us. Verse 17. Verse 17. Love has been perfected among us in this. We that we might have what? Boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. That's one, Galatians 5.16. Galatians 5.16. Let's read together, one to go. For in Christ Jesus, uh-huh. Circumcision, no, circumcision avails anything. But what avails? 
that means the in Christ the only thing that counts is faith walking by love are you seeing that the Christian life starts by faith and ends by love glory to God I said glory to God 